Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 23 of the Everyday Enthusiast podcast, Tangential Toxicity. I am Chris, your Everyday Enthusiast, and here are some of the things that interested me the most over the last week. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to say that this podcast is available on your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Overcast. If you want to like, rate, and subscribe, that would be greatly appreciated. I can also be reached at everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. No dots, dashes, or spaces. Again, that's everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. All right, on with the show. Okay, to start out every episode, as is always the case, we start out with some fun here. Follow-up, updates, and notes. So first off, I want to talk about last week's episode. Uh, in fact, last week's episode was completely freeform, people. Uh, I, I, I'm sure you could tell. You know, I said um a lot. I know that I did. Looking back on it or, or going back and listening to it, I realized that I said it a lot. And I know that that is a sign of a weak performer or a weak public speaker. Yes, that's true. But you know what? I don't get paid for this. So you're just going to have to deal with it until I learn to kind of turn that off and not use that space filler there as much. I think what I need to do is let the silences sit there while I'm recording and then maybe I spend more time on the back end editing those silences out if need be. But at any rate, um, I'm going to work on that. Like I said, I just did it. I just noticed it. See, I said, um, but anyway, I am going to work on that. Um, I think it was a great episode. I know that those, you know, awkward times where I use that a lot, or maybe I stumbled over my words a little bit more. Maybe that wasn't as appealing to you listeners. I hope that it was not so much of a turnoff that you stopped listening. But look, I've told you about this in the past. I have to go this route. I really do. Because it takes a lot of time to put all this together. And the notes, the taking of the notes, what I was doing before was so time consuming that I just couldn't put that time in anymore. And I don't know how much of this everybody knows. We have put this out on, you know, all the platforms that are important to us. We have a second child coming. Uh, I guess this should have been a, a separate topic here, but we have a second child coming in June and my time is going to be even more valuable then. So whether or not this podcast will continue, it will continue, right? I am planning to release one a week or as, as often as I can. I know I kind of faltered on that over the holidays, but I am planning to continue to do this as often as possible, at least once a week, maybe every other week if I need to, once we get to a point where two children are running around the house. But at any rate, um, you can count on me still releasing these. I will probably fumble over my words a little bit more when, you know, when this goes free form like it has, but it is a lot of fun. I actually really like you know, talking without the notes to dictate exactly what I'm saying. I can think a little bit more clearly. Well, maybe it doesn't come across as clear, clear, clearer to you, but I like it. Anyway, uh, moving on here. The second thing is that some of the stories in this week's episode are going to be a little older. Like I said last week, I focused on all Apple stuff last week. Okay. They had their event 
uh, last Monday where they talked about all their new services that they didn't give us any details about. And the prior week to that, we had a bunch of products that were released. So I kind of focused on all of that stuff. And there were a couple of stories that uh, bled over into this week. So I'm going to talk about those here. I'm not really going to point them out as being older ones. If you know that they're older ones, great. If not, take it as new now. Okay. Okay, so our first topic here is in reference to some new and upcoming phones. The first of those is the new Samsung Galaxy A70. So this is one of their mid-range, I don't know if I'd say budget-friendly phones, but it's a mid-range, you know, meaning that it's probably going to come in somewhere around four or five hundred dollars, something like that, maybe three and a half, four or five hundred, something like that. Um, it's not necessarily a cheap, cheap phone, but these, these, this area is kind of where I'm very interested to, to pay the most attention here because the higher end is the higher end, right? You have the Galaxy S10 series, you have iPhones, uh, you have what the, I guess the Pixel phones, they didn't, the Pixel phones didn't used to be in this space, in the, in the premium space, but they kind of are now. But this mid-range space is where you get the most bang for your buck. You get the most features for a relatively reasonable price. The fact that that reasonable price is approaching what used to be, you know, flagship prices is a little depressing, but, you know, take it for what it's worth. So this phone is a 6.7 inch display and the, the, uh, standout feature here is the screen which is a 20 by 9 aspect ratio screen meaning that it is super tall now it's not as tall as the new sony xperia 1 or xperia 10 phones where they have a 21 by 9 aspect ratio but it seems that a lot of phones are going to go to this this design very very tall tall phones i'm okay with this if the phones themselves are skinnier whether or not that's the case with this, I don't really know. I don't think they had any dimensions as far as how wide the phone actually is. I will tell you that the uh, Galaxy S10 phones feel skinnier in the hand than the current iPhones. When I had the Galaxy S10e, it was almost identical to the iPhone XS or 10s rather but it felt so much better in the hand because it was skinnier by, by ever so slightly margins, it, but it was skinnier. And I really like that approach. I, I, I know if you ask me, phones should be smaller overall. I'd take a four, four and a half inch screen, uh, you know, with, with, you know, great hand feel, but that's just not going to happen. I just don't see it happening. So anyways, any, uh, every, everything else here, you know, six gigs, gigs of Ram, uh, 4,500 milliamp battery. It's got a super AMOLED display. Um, I don't know. That's that's kind of it. it. Oh, it's got a teardrop notch at the top, meaning it has one you know selfie camera. Again, the selfie cameras for me are, you know, take it or leave it. I I don't use them ever. I, okay, okay. Once in a while, I use them as far as, you know, taking videos of myself and my son, or maybe a photo of me and my wife and my son. But I so rarely use them, I, I could take it or leave it. And this is actually also going to have an in-display fingerprint sensor, something that has normally only been on higher-end, you know, Android flagship phones. So we'll see how well this works. But at any rate, it looks like a nice phone. 
I'm sure as long as the price point is right, this would be a great contender if you're looking for that mid-range phone. Okay, next up here, as far as you know, upcoming phones is the Oppo Reno or Oppo Reno, O-P-P-O. -P -P -O. It's a Chinese manufacturing company. And <laughs> I'm not gonna go into a ton of detail as far as specs go, because frankly, there aren't any. These are leaks. Uh, this is not a phone that is out, that has been announced officially, but there apparently is a linked or, or a leaked image of this phone with a pop-up camera. And what's unique about it is the way that this thing pops up. So the mechanism on the top of the screen, let me see if I can describe this, is almost the entire width of the phone up top but one side of it stays stationary and the other side flips up. So it looks like a shark fin or I don't know, it flips up diagonally, if you will. It, does that make sense? I, I'm really struggling on how to, how to describe this. It looks really cool. Uh, it, you know, look, it's a different take on something we've already seen. We've seen a lot of these phones with the pop-up selfie camera. Um, this, as is always the case for me, is going to be a deal breaker because I will not sacrifice the, the, um, waterproofing or water resistance, the IP rating, whatever you want to call it, however you want to refer to it. That is so important to me. I don't want to have to worry about my phones getting wet and becoming ruined. And I know that that can still happen when they have an IP rating, but it is far, far, far less likely. So uh, check out the link. This is very cool looking. And if they could do this and not sacrifice that, not sacrifice that, uh, you know, that IP rating, I would love to, I would love to, to take a phone like this. It means there's no notch and no hole punch for the camera. It means there's nothing. There's just, you know, minimal bezels and that's it. So very cool option. We'll have to wait and see if we see more more leaks or whenever this is announced, uh, so that we can you know get some specs and see what that IP rating might be, if any. Next, we have a couple of links in our well, where I'm going to refer to as our topic number two here that are tangentially related to smartphone news, if you will. So I'm kind of bundling these together and following them directly. Uh, by, you know, these upcoming phones that are coming out. So in the last topic, uh, I made reference to Sony phones, those Xperia phones that they just announced last month. I think it was last month. Uh, and now we have some new news that they are going to cut half of their smartphone division by 2020. Um, I don't know what to say about this other than it is pretty disappointing. You know, Sony has been making great phones for years and years and years. They were partnered with uh, Ericsson where we, when we, you know when we were getting you know candy bar style phones under the Sony Ericsson brand. They split from Ericsson. They're just doing Sony branded phones now. And they look good. They're great looking phones, but they do not get a big push in the states here. And I don't know what the exact number of them, you know, of their sales are. Actually, they have some figures here in the article. It looks like of the 1.6 billion smartphones that were shipped 
last year, during 2018, only 10 million of them were Sony devices. That is a tiny, tiny number. I know 10 million is a lot of, it's a big number, okay? It's a lot of phones. But in the grand scheme of things, I don't know that that's enough to to fund their smartphone uh, endeavors. So uh, as you're seeing here, we're, we're going to see some big, big cuts. Apparently, you know, half of its smartphone market, what does that come out to? You know, they, they actually laid off 2,000 employees back in 2009 and then another 1,000 a couple years ago, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, it says that right here in the article. And, um, you know, it, it just, it just kind of sucks. I know that's not very uh, eloquent. That's not a very eloquent way to, to put things, but that's really the gist of it. Um, I... I I really wish this wasn't happening. Xperia phones, like the first Xperia, like Android smartphones were really cool looking devices. They're still cool looking, but they just have a lot less, I don't know, pizzazz, if you will. Um, I, I just, I would never buy one, especially their budget style phones, because I, you know what I really want from a budget style phone is a smaller phone and they're just not making those, so. So our next link here is from 9to5Mac uh, with a title that Chinese smartphone brands are beating the iPhone on features as well as price. Uh, and this is coming from retailers, you know, commenting on, you know, sales from, you know, the, the Android devices versus Apple devices and the price and everything. Look, I have thoughts about this, right? So I have said many a time that I think the price of Apple's phones are getting a little ridiculous. That said, I have one. It is my main phone. Well, I say main phone. It's my only phone. That's the only one that I use. Um, and it's a great phone. It just, just, just works. And I know it's so cliched to say that. I know a lot of people get hate for saying that online, but the phones are great. They just work. My problem with them is that they're boring. And I think that's what this is referencing here is that a lot of these Chinese smartphone manufacturers are making phones that are a lot less expensive, you know, between 500 and a, a thousand, sorry, 500 and $800. And they're, they have just as many, if not more features than the, than iPhones. Now, whether or not those features are as well flushed out for lack of a better phrase um i mean that's up to the behold that's in the eyes of the beholder as they say you know that's up to me that's up to you that's up to the people using the phones personally i think apple's implementation of features just just works better but maybe you don't need it to work better maybe you just need it to work period and if it takes a half a second longer you're willing to deal to to deal with that and a lot of people are apparently they're saying here that apple's market share in the 500 to 800 dollars segment plunged almost 30 percent 25 30 percent in china last year and that is because these chinese manufacturers are giving you know consumers phones that are just just offer more for the money now, I don't think that's the case here in the States, but, you know, we're going to see a lot more of those Chinese phones come over here and well, there, you can import them now. You can get them over here, 
whether or not they're going to be marketed over here i don't really know i know there's a big push to do that but you know they're just not going to get as much of a push here and um you know but if they do we're going to see a lot of people jump ship, I think. Apple really has to do something as far as the price goes, or they have to start offering us something else. I'm really, really hopeful for iOS 13 and that opening up their, not opening up their ecosystem. That's the wrong phrase. They're not going to do that. Trust me. But giving us more control over our experience in their ecosystem. That's what we need. Okay, continuing with Apple news, and this is the last one of the day, kind of. <laughs> uh, news, news anyway, last Apple news item today. Is that Apple canceled, officially canceled AirPower. Now, for those of you that don't know, AirPower was a wireless charging mat that they had announced in 2017, and they said it was coming last year in 2018. And this is an oval mat where you could lay down more than one device and charge, you know, your phone, your watch, and your AirPods, or that's how they kind of laid it out to us anyway. And there was gonna be this nice fancy, um, I don't know, animation on the phone to show when even the other devices were laid down on the, uh, the air power mat. Well, what happened here in my own words, okay, is they, you know, when you make wireless charging mats right now, it's very cool technology, right? But you have to lay your device down specific in a specific place to make sure that it comes in contact with the coil that's inside of there so that it charges. And if you are off even a little bit, it doesn't charge. And if you don't realize that it doesn't charge, you're in for a rude awakening either the next morning or when you go to pick your phone up or whenever that may be. You could have had your phone on that thing for three hours and it didn't do it didn't do anything. So what they wanted to do was include a bunch of different coils so it didn't matter where your device was laid down, it would still grab or make contact with one of those coils and charge. And they did it. The problem was, apparently from what everything I've heard, the problem was that uh, this created a lot of heat. And so they had tons and tons of heating issues, thermal issues with this thing, and they just couldn't reduce that, that heat buildup and they canceled it. There's not a lot to say here. It's just, I don't even wanna say, like specifically for me, it's not a bummer because I don't even have any wireless chargers now. I have a phone that will wirelessly charge, but I don't have anything else that will. And I just, I don't know, I, I don't have a problem plugging my phone in and, and walking away from it from time to time. I think that's a good thing actually. So anyways, uh, this isn't a big deal for me. It is maybe a little bit of a hit for Apple as far as their, not really success, but and not even trustworthiness, but their ability to bring something to market that they have, I don't know, I, I promise is the wrong, wrong, wrong word, but, and, and honestly, look at the majority of the population has no idea that they even announced this thing, that it was even a thing. And most people aren't even gonna know about this. But the tech industry, the people that are in the know, the people that pay attention to this stuff really do, really are very much aware of it. Whether or not that's gonna hurt sales of other products, I highly, highly doubt it. 
but anyway, uh, it's just a little, I was going to say bittersweet, but it's not bittersweet. It's, it's just a little disappointing to, I guess, for some people that were planning to buy this thing. So, all right. So moving on here, we have, what is this topic number four, I guess. And uh, last year we talked about Nintendo and how they were planning to release a smaller switch and I got excited, right? Well, now we have an update to that or potential update to that, that now they're actually thinking about or planning to release two new switch models. Uh, so one would be a cheaper version and one uh, a higher, uh, more of a higher end version. The cheaper version apparently is going to get rid of the vibration feature. Uh, and a lot of people are saying that this would indicate that the Joy-Con controllers, which are the controls on the side of the unit that actually come off and you can use those as detachable controllers, that that won't be the case, that these will be uh, affixed to the device. You won't be able to take them off. Why they're saying the vibration, the, the lack of vibration indicates that these won't be removable i don't really know but sure okay those that that are gamers that have these i guess will get it um that's fine to me right uh earlier this year they talked about a smaller switch that they were going to release and i'm guessing that the cheaper version of this is going to be that smaller version that you where you won't be able to take these off that's not a big deal to me i'm guessing this is going to target the uh d what 3ds 3 3ds i think is there you know um what do you call it their mobile gaming version or uh device or i don't know if it's going to replace that per se but it could and that would be great you know uh make this thing smaller leave those joy cons on there i will would i would be very tempted to get one of these even though i don't game and i don't have time to game but i love the idea of the switch and you know if if it gets a little smaller a little more pocketable i think that'd be a great thing i think it'd be very very appealing to a lot of people the higher end of this i'm guessing they said that it would be more than just a performance boost i'm saying they a lot but i'm not talking about nintendo i'm talking about sources and and people that claim they have inside information or something like that so the uh the quote unquote they are saying this is more than just a performance boost so we're, we'll probably get a better processor uh but i'm guessing we will get a better screen more of a higher resolution screen i think the screen on this thing is only 720 i'm sure that's you know it's fine i've used it it's fine but you know if you can get a 1080p screen in there maybe a laminated screen so it, it can be a little thinner um that would be nice so we'll see what happens here i'm very interested i am i have nostalgic memories of nintendo in general nintendo was my first game console that i ever owned the, the original nes and uh it's always one that i'm drawn to i liked the nintendo gamecube back in the day i never had a playstation i never had a an xbox uh, i'm sure that will tell you how much of a gamer i am or am not but anyway so speaking of mobility, I want to move on to our next topic here, which is a report from somewhere, I don't know, follow the link, uh, from 9to5Google claiming or showing that nearly 
90% of mobile traffic, period, comes from YouTube. That is insane. Now, coming from somebody that watches a lot of YouTube, I, I watch so much more than I think a lot of people at my age range. And I'm not going to tell you exactly where that what that age range is. I'm a little older than a lot of people. <laughs> um, and a lot of you that are listening to this probably know me. You know what that age range is. But, um, but I watch more than your average bear, okay? And uh, this is a staggering, staggering figure for me. 40% of all traffic that happens on mobile is from YouTube. I mean, look, video is great. You know, video is entertaining. Whether it's a show or a movie or, you know, you're getting your news from YouTube. A lot of kids now watch people run through games on YouTube. And there, there is so much. There's... There is anything you can think of you want to watch, it's on YouTube, okay? I'm saying like, you know, I'm talking about two, three different things. There's everything you can think of. YouTube is great. You should really, really, if you don't, if you're a little older, maybe you don't, you know, check YouTube for your interests, you know, your the topics that you like to read about and listen to. Um, check it out. It's great. But this figure kind of knocks me back a little bit, and I... I think if nothing else, maybe I need to not watch as much YouTube. I sometimes I'll put it on in the background. I'll, you know, I'm listening to a video. If I know that it's not something I need to look at, I'll listen to something while I'm doing dishes or, um, I don't know, I'm laying in bed. I don't need to look at it. I'll just close my eyes and listen to it while it's playing. Uh, and, and I do this with podcasts as well, but at any rate, um, maybe I need to cut back on that a little bit. It's, it's not that important, but YouTube is great. All right. Check it out. I know I'm saying some contradictory things here, or I'm, I'm, you know, hypocritical things here. I'm saying it's, you know, maybe something I should put down, but check it out. It's so awesome. That just goes to show how great it is, honestly. And if you look at the next closest, you know, item, as far as mobile traffic, it's Facebook. I have my own thoughts there, but you know we won't get into that at 8.4%. Now, admittedly, this YouTube, this figure is actually 37%. It's close enough to 40, but 37% uh, is from YouTube. And then the next closest is Facebook at 8.4. So that'll give you, if that gives you any indication of how big Facebook is, just check it out. It's very cool. Okay, so the last two topics I want to talk about here are more opinion pieces, if you will. The first is in reference to RSS. Um, I don't know if this has ever come up on the show before. I am an avid RSS reader user. Uh, I use Feedly right now, which kind of compiles all your IS, RSS feeds. Um, and any, you know, so I, I do a lot of news, obviously a lot of tech news websites. I, I read a lot of them. And I, you know, you load up, you find their RSS feed, you load it into the reader, and then the reader just gives you a list of all the articles that they've written. And it is a one-stop shop for people. When you like a lot of websites, you want to check all the articles that all these websites are releasing. It's a great way to be able to just thumb through every single article they read. You can, uh, on, on many or all of these RSS readers, you favorite or you, you know, you can save for later an article that you want to read later. 
Um, and you, I just go through every day, a couple times a day, I go through, save the ones I want to read later. Um, it is so much better. Now, the, the link that I'm going to include here, says, if the title is RSS is better than Twitter. Uh, it's on Gizmodo. And I couldn't agree more. Twitter is very immediate, right? And that's great. But RSS is just so, so much more manageable. It's so much cleaner. And I always feel like I'm missing out on Twitter because you know, are they really tweeting out every single story? Like as far as a website goes, are they really tweeting out every single story that they write? Did they miss one? Would I have wanted to read that? I don't like that. It's not a feed that is just pulling the articles and putting them in front of me, putting it in my feed. I, I don't like, so I, I've tried to use Twitter from as an RSS reader, and I know a lot of people do, a lot of people do. I don't like it. I love RSS. Now, the reason I bring this up is for anybody out there listening, if you haven't used an RSS reader, please, please do so. If you, if you consume a lot of news, it is a great way to manage all of that information coming in. And if you do use RSS, let me know what you use. There's a lot of different, there are a lot of different apps, uh, specifically on mobile, you know, that I'm referring to. Feedly is great. That's what I use now. I've used Newsblur in the past. I have used, uh, oh my gosh, Newsify, Newsify? No. Oh, I forget. I've used so many of them. Reader, R-E-E-D-E-R -E 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 is one. They just updated their app on the Mac. I don't know if they updated it on the iPhone either, but that is that is a paid one. A lot of these are paid. Um, Feedly is not, but a lot of them are, some of them are free, and then you pay for more features as far as taking notes. Being able to take notes, I think, is something you can do on Feedly if you pay. Anyway, check it out. Very, very cool. RSS is honestly the best way to consume your news. And a lot of times if it's a full, like if it's a full article reader, they will actually show you the whole article and it's stripped down. So there's no ads, there's no, nothing else kind of in your way, you know, preventing you from focusing on the, the, the content of the article. Uh, <laughs> I realize this is in contrast to Apple's new news, Apple News Plus that they just announced last week. Uh, which I, I can't stand. Uh, I really can't stand. I don't like. I don't like something curated. I want to curate my own news, and that's the problem with Twitter. That, I think that's. And I just kind of realized this. Okay, so I know I'm going off on another rant, but I just kind of realized this. That's my problem with Twitter. That's my problem with Apple News Plus. Even though I haven't really used it. Okay. But I don't want somebody else to curate the news for me. Even Google news. I, I'm a big Google fan, but even Google news, I don't want somebody else to curate the news for me. I want all of the articles and I want to pick what I want to see, what I want to read. And RSS is the best way to do that. You, you plug in the RSS of the main feed for whatever your, your websites are. And it give just gives you everything. Now that takes a lot of time sometimes, but I mean, it depends on how many how many websites you're you're following. So anyway, check out RSS readers; they're awesome. Okay, our final topic today is I had a title here of a toxic relationship. Okay, and that's where half of the uh, the title on today's episode comes from. But the link 
I'm going to give you guys is a YouTube video from the account or the 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 channel here, Painfully Honest Tech. Uh, it's this guy, Jason. Oh man, I I don't want to misrepresent this guy. Check it out. Um, great, it's great stuff. This guy, the 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 channel is Painfully Honest Tech. He does tech videos. He's actually a musician as well, or a audio engineer, something like that, as well. He's got a different a different uh, page for that. But he put out a video a couple days ago titled, I Hate Myself for Loving Apple. And this just kind of spurred a lot of feelings in me, okay? Now, his was... Uh, in reference to, or a way to bring up the topic of the the renders of the new phone, we got some more renders saying that the new phones are going to have that square camera bump on back. Hideous, hideous thing. I, I really, really, really hope this is not the case. I do not want this on my phone. And I'm going to be super bummed if I have to live with this thing. And yes, I will have to live with this thing. And that's kind of the whole point of me talking about it. I hate that I love Apple products so much because they do things so well, so, so well. They make such a good product most of the time that you get sucked in and everything works together so well. And then when they do something like this that you just can't stand, it's so unsightly that you just you don't want to look at this thing every single day. And you're going to be forced to because you're a sheep. I'm a sheep, okay? I love Apple products. And maybe I should just start drinking the Kool-Aid. I have told myself that so many times. And look, the other thing I wanted to talk about in regards to all of this and tell you guys is that I made some purchases. We talked about the new iPad minis, and guess what? I have one. Now, how this came about is that my wife was going on a trip for work, and I wanted to do something nice and get her a pair of the new AirPods, because I know she had been wanting some, and I had some. And so I went in to, uh, I, of course, I went in to get myself some and her some. Now, yes, I had the first generation. There's not a lot new here, except for they do wirelessly charge. We talked about that. Uh, I didn't even get the wirelessly charging version because, like I said, I don't have wireless chargers all over the place. It's not really important to me. And mine were having some connectivity issues that I don't think were covered under warranty. I also got some Play-Doh jammed into one of them. I'll let you be the judge or, or, or let you kind of ponder how that happened with a two-and-a-half-year-old running around. So I went in to get two, two pairs, one for me, one for her. And... I just asked, you know, out of the blue, I was like, do you know when you guys are going to have the iPad, the new iPads, and when you're going to be able to purchase them? And they're like, yeah, we have them. Okay, great. Well, I want one. Of course, they didn't have the one I wanted. I wanted to get the black one. All they had was the gold one in the 64 gig. Now, I considered getting the, uh, the, the 256 gig, but on the iPad I had at the time... I was only using like 18 gig and that was a couple of videos that I had saved offline to watch and everything. I was only using like 18 or 19 gig. 
So I got the 64, I got the gold because I'm not just going to pay a bunch of extra money for no reason for something that I won't use, but I absolutely love it. Now I was able to trade in my iPad Pro, it was the older 10.5 inch iPad Pro. They gave me, you know, a decent amount of money for that. And so it made this iPad very cheap or cheap-ish. Yeah, pretty cheap actually. And I could not be happier. I gave up uh, the four speakers on the Pro and I gave up the Pro Motion display, which is 120 hertz refresh rate. When you're scrolling, it looks magnitudes better. Um, and I gave that up and that's okay, it's fine. Uh, I don't need that. It was only nice when you're scrolling here and there and most of the time when you're watching something or, or when you're using your iPad, you're watching a video or, or reading something and it's totally fine. I love the size of this thing. So now, my point here, I have an iPhone, I have an iPad, I have AirPods, I have a MacBook Pro, and when that MacBook Pro goes, guess what I'm probably going to buy? Another MacBook, because I do not want to give up macOS. And the point here is that I hate that I am so ingrained in their ecosystem that I'm just going to buy their stuff. And it's not that I'll buy anything that they put out. Uh, I'm not going to buy it unless it serves a purpose for me. Now, you could make the argument that I don't need an iPad. And sure, I don't. But I get a lot of work done on... I'm recording this episode right now on my iPad. Now, I could do that on the phone. But, you know, if we start if we start nitpicking it apart, it all falls apart. So let's just not do that. Um but at any rate, uh, I, you know, I just I just wanted to talk about this and maybe ask the question to you guys. You know, are there any any is there anybody else out there that, you know, you can't stand that you love a product so much like you don't want to be so beholden to a brand, but you are and you hate it and you just can't get out. That is the way I am with Apple. I love their products. I loathe their products all at the same time. And I'm talking about the same products, but you know what? I, I mean, I'm on a group chat, a group iMessage chat right now with my family, you know, and you know, it's something that's keeping me up to date with, you know, medical issues. Uh, and that is important to me. And if you switch to Android, I just don't think a lot of those messages go through, especially on the group chats. And I'm not willing to give that up. And that sucks. And if Apple would release their iMessage on Android and charge me a monthly fee for that, I would absolutely do it. So anyways, I think that's all for today. Uh, I'm not going to subject you guys to listening to more and more of me ranting and raving and meandering. Um, the AirPods are great. They connect better. They... They connect and reconnect to the different devices a lot faster, which is what they claim. I don't think they sound any different whatsoever, but that's not the point. That's not even really why I use them. That's not why I got them. And uh, the iP iPad mini is phenomenal. I will keep this thing for years and years and years until they come out with an iPad mini pro, at which point I will have to either convince myself that I need or convince myself uh, or, you know, feverishly tell myself that I do not need. We'll see. 
All right, folks, that is all for today. As always, I can be reached at everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. No dots, dashes, or spaces. Again, that's everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find the show notes at everydayenthusiastpodcast.tumblr.com. As I said before, this podcast is available on your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Overcast. Please like, rate, and subscribe. And until next time, stay enthusiastic. <laughs>